Welcome into another edition of Kentucky Thrones Radio. I'm Nick Roush, hanging out with my buddy TJ Walker the Monday after the 69th episode of Game of Thrones. Nice. Real nice. What's up? I'm, I, I've got some thoughts. Really? You? I'm shocked. I am shocked. I, so I, you, I do. You, I have, do. you have some takes. They're very hot. They're really um, not hot takes no, at all. They're, they're very, very, very hot. It's so, it's so funny. When I defend an episode, I get called a butt slapper. Like not, you know, oh, you, you, you just, you are gonna love anything they're gonna put out there. And then when I criticize an episode, oh, you're, you're, you're just a hater. You're just looking for stuff to complain about. Last night's episode was not a great episode. It wasn't. And in in a normal Game of Thrones season, it could be an okay episode. It could be a fine episode. No issues with it. I would enjoy it. But we're up against the clock, Nick Roush. We don't have too much time to go. We need to start. We don't need the sentimental stuff anymore. We we got that in episode one. I don't. Th- I think it is possible to like one of those two episodes, but to like both of them, we're running out of time, yeah, baby. We got to get things moving. Hmm, TJ, TJ, TJ. And we knew that. We know that episode three was going to be the big battle scene. So this was pretty predictable that not a lot was going to happen. I was talking with people. We talked about it last week, but I was talking with people all week about it, being like. I just don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. You know, you knew Jamie was gonna be like put on trial, but like aside from that, they're gonna do that, and yeah. they're gonna have a few more reunions and talking about that. Basically, King's Landing is done for the most part. They're just waiting for something to happen mm-hmm. in King's Landing, whether it be what army comes after them next. I don't know, but I I, it, I expected this episode to be like this, and I was a little disappointed when there really wasn't. Anything great. It was a fun episode. Yeah, see, it was fun. I was entertained by it. It just wasn't a good episode. I just, the thing is, is we came in here uh, last week. We did Kentucky Thrones Radio, and you were willing to say that it was better than any episode of the last season. The yes. I thought this episode was a better version of their first one. Maybe so. Maybe if we had seen this episode first, and that, and, you know, obviously some of that wouldn't make sense, but maybe so. But I just, I like this was just almost a repeat of what I had just seen. Maybe it was even better done. The mm-hmm. the Arya Gendry sex scene obviously is what we're going to talk Ooh, about. The things we do for love. That was a cool line. Like yeah. there was some nice moments in it. I was I'm just I'm ready to kind of we know what's happening. Yeah. We know all this stuff. And I, see, I understand that sentiment, but I still am like I'm never going to get mad at new Game of Thrones material. Actually, you know what? I am going to get mad that you were calling it garbage. The garbage wasn't the right word, but yes. but it like it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And, it was, and how predictable it was frustrated me a little bit. But like I said, I was entertained during it. They they could put a two hour episode of Game of Thrones of Sansa farting, and I'd be like, "Great stuff, HBO! You did it! <laughs> you, you, you hit a home run once again!" Ooh, spinoff! Is that the new spinoff? This is going to be <laughs> Sansa farts. farts exactly coming to HBO oh, in, in the summer of twenty twenty one. But I I think that. I, while I do understand that there are some people out there who want some more action, action most of action, this show was A-C-T. built on I-O-N. entertaining dialogue and back and forth between highly uh, developed characters because the characters, they've been through a lot. We know them incredibly well, maybe even too well uh, to a certain extent. But the only difference is that in other episodes, you could you had six different storylines going on all across the realm, mm-hmm. and in one of those storylines, you could have somebody getting shanked. So like now we're down to just two. It's hard to have any sort of you can't bounce around and have 
people dying because all of your main characters are in one place. Yeah, you have to have a cause for the death. And when you're spread out in so many different storylines, there's always going to be something going on somewhere. I understand that. There's two places right now, and really there's only something going on at one of them, and the thing that's going on isn't actually happening just yet. So you basically, this was Game of Thrones' way of saying goodbye to what will be an unbelievable amount of important characters. You tied up a lot of loose ends, but I also thought it was kind of like, I thought it was kind of cool to see the preparation for the battle. We got that a lot in season two when Tyrion's getting ready for Blackwater and he's going, he's checking out the wildfire reserves. You had that kind of extended time where that set is the backdrop for the plot development. And like on this one, you see the little like they put the dragon glass like on top of the castles. They're building all their different like battlements. Uh, you're seeing Pod, uh, you know, actually knowing how to sing a sword, um, along with all of the different reunions, which we'll get to. But I still just the reason why Game of Thrones is one of the best shows is because of the ability to just have really captivating dialogue between characters that I will freely admit I it's. It's not my strong suit is pronouncing them correctly. For those who listen to the show, I, I mispronounce things all the time. Uh, kind of like our partners at Brownfield and Dufour. I said Dufour last weekend or something stupid because I was wrong. But it, Because it, you're a doofus. You, yes, exactly. I am a doofus. But not the, our friends at Brownfield and Dufour. Now you're, now you're in your own Gosh, head. I'm in my own head so bad. Brownfield Dufour is a law firm based out of Louisville, Kentucky that specializes in personal injury cases. If you or a loved one has been injured in a car crash or a workplace accident, call Brownfield DeFour at 502-458-5222. Brownfield DeFour handles cases of all types throughout Kentucky and Indiana. And, you know, they're big Game of Thrones fans, and they support the podcast. So, obviously, there are a couple guys you can trust at Brownfield and DeFour. Give them a call at 502-458-5222. Located in downtown Louisville, you can learn more at bdwallky.com. That's B as in Bryant, as in Brand, D as in Daenerys, wallky.com. There you go. I had a, I have another lawyer friend, not to brag, and they were like, do you know the, 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 the people that are sponsoring your podcast? I was like, I don't personally know them. And he was like, I do. They're great. Yeah. He was like, they're, 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 they're good. I'm friends with some of them and they do nice. awesome work. So, uh, Great. Right down there on uh, West Main Street. BDLaw.com. Yeah. Check it out. BDLawKY.com. Don't forget the KY. Can't forget the KY. Cannot forget the KY. Now, so let's just let's just get right into the nitty-gritty of the episode. Now that TJ's done spewing garbage, I really wanted to make you a bad guy because if we're to, to peel back the curtain. I'm, I'm not folks, afraid to stand by a take that last night's episode was not amazing. We, I mean, okay. again, the butt slappers are going to be the ones that are going to like think that that was great. We they basically just gave you the same episode two times over. I just wish that Both? we would have had the mics on in the middle of a commercial break. It got contentious. You have commercial breaks during your HBO during our our radio show this morning. Oh yeah, we were we were there was some shouting maybe you some raised voices. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it. Oh, because you know you're wrong. You I feel like sometimes you feel like you have to pick an opinion and defend it. To the cows come home. When in reality, I'm telling you that that was not a great episode, but I was entertained by it, and it was what it was. Bring See, on episode three. The reason why it was a great episode it wasn't today, a great episode is because it gave us the payout for years of people running around the Riverlands. So, Who cares? 
Well, that's the point. Is I want to have the I want to make sure that my time invested was worth something. Oh, give me a break. So the whole Brienne and Jamie. Yeah, let's not let's not get to the the fight of the the biggest battle in the history of this made up world because we need to tie loose ends in the Riverlands. Am I being hypocritical because I hate the Theon redemption story? Sure, but I started to like the Theon Jamie or not the Theon the Brienne and Jamie one, and we got it all came full circle in this episode and. I think that's a, she is the catalyst to Jamie's redemption story. And it all starts where Jamie is basically just like trying to talk his way out of getting murdered. Can can I where can we go to hire Brienne to vouch for ourselves? She, I mean, great lawyer. Like, I mean, I know Brownfield and Defour is our way to go, but they need to consider having Brienne come on for some closing arguments. Yeah, just be like, "Hey, uh officer, well, you know, you were doing you were doing 75 in the 55." Excuse me, sir. I've been a passenger in this man's vehicle for well over 30 minutes now, and he normally drives by the law. Okay, you, ma'am, have a good day. I appreciate you vouching for him, Bri- Lady Brienne. Isn't that, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, that is hilarious man. that, like, all Brienne has to do. It's not so, like, I get Sansa being like, okay, you vouch for him, then that's all I needed to hear. Like, I, Brienne. But wouldn't don't you think like Daenerys would be like, okay, I don't know Brienne that well, um, just because she vouches for you, I don't even know you that well. Like I'm not going to do this chain of let's just accept people's opinions and, and go from there. And especially in an episode where Danny's a little, little fiery, yeah, uh, she's a little fired up, she's a little frustrated, she's sick of Tyrion's crap. Yeah, and uh, I thought they were going to put that wedge in there more firmly um, because it was one of those things where. John did the he was he did a good deference there. It was the whole like, well, we just need every man we can get um, to kind of agree with Sansa because we knew he he was going to be stuck in the middle of that one. Um, I thought they were going to kind of wedge that in there more between Daenerys and Sansa and John. Um, instead, we got quite the opposite a little bit later on. Whenever she's trying to be, she brings the olive branch to Sansa. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, oh, this is just girls being girls. <laughs> They were having their little gossip session, little you know? girl talk. It was but like it, they were writing on their diary, you know. It, it, like, but it, but it kind of gets whispering about boys. It gets a little contentious there at the end, and then broken up by Theon, which that <sighs> pissed me off. But I, I, I did like that they had like a kind of like let's put our guards down and just talk as human beings for a second. And it was good, and yeah. and I think for the first time in a long time, Daenerys makes a really good point, being like, "You think that I'm." manipulating him no. all i ever wanted my entire life was the iron throne and now i'm here fighting zombies and i lost a dragon so like who manipulated who in reality if i was sans i'd be like well wait are you here because you feel manipulated or are you here because you want to save the world yeah but I, I like think- daenerys's intentions are fully debatable at this point you yeah. have no idea well but she says part of it's for love the things we do for love <laughs> sure but that still also doesn't make her a good ruler either True, which would your girl Sansa arguably the best ruler? No crap in what in the entire seven. Kings Clearly, right the the best. She is more like Ned than anybody else in the show, except which you would have never she thought. Sniffs out liars much better than Ned. That's probably true. She, she's, she's almost she's, like a Ned, a, a a Ned where she's obviously not the warrior that Ned was, but uh-huh. also like has the the brains to play the game more than he did. But in terms of looking out for their family and wanting to do the right thing, Sansa's the girl. 
She's the best. And that's why I didn't like her and Theon having like a little bit more than just a friendly family hug. Uh, I thought I, it was Sansa, a, you're going to be disappointed if you end up with Theon. Yeah, but it was one of those where not only did she have Brienne um, kind of like, oh, it's it's you helped save me, so I'm going to trust your word, but also, okay, Theon, I, you've, you saved me. You helped save me. Now you're back. I'm happy to have you here. Now go die. Kind of what's probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, so in that conversation though with Daenerys and Sansa, they did the thing where there were three different moments in this episode where they brought up stuff that we discussed on last week's show. Like, so the, the, the big unknowns, like after this is over, what are you going to do with the North? How, and then the other one was, how are you going to, Handle John. And each one of those was just broken in by uh, an unsuspected arrival. Somebody showing up and kind of ending the conversation. But they've at least put that out there now where the seed has been planted in Daenerys' head. And we don't know how she's going to react. She could either be this altruistic, um, moral breaker of chains who's going to do the right thing. Or she can be the Mad Queen and be selfish. So we, we, we did. If you were looking for plot advancements, TJ... Just planting that seed happened. Yeah. And I'm actually, do you wish that they would have responded or did you kind of like that they only, they left it at that? Obviously, just, I would have liked a response. You would have wanted more from Daenerys. Because you don't know exactly what Daenerys was thinking. She didn't seem to be like thrilled with this, like, all right, you know, I'm glad we're all teaming up. Yeah, but when things are over, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to split things up. It was almost like Daenerys was appalled that this was even being discussed. Yeah. And I think if that conversation continued, it was going to be, no, I'm getting all my kingdoms mm -hmm. and you're not having the North. That's just not the way it's going to work. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is I wanted Sansa to not bring it up from a, like, they were building their goodwill for her to play that card later. I, I do agree. You know with what that. I mean? Like, I, I do agree that there was a lot of it. Like, hey, you know, John and uh, Sansa, maybe don't like. There's questions about how um, invested she, Daenerys is and like everybody's well being versus just being a ruler. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't question her claim to the throne before you all go into a huge <laughs> battle where accidents happen in battle. People can end up dying accidentally. You know, weird things can happen, and when you have somebody that maybe is going to be put your claim in jeopardy, it'd be a real shame if they accidentally got killed. <laughs> I would think just wait till after the big yeah, battle to bring right. that stuff up would right. make maybe a little bit more sense. I I, I would agree. Um, now, Bran, he is uh, speaking of plot devices. <laughs> um, Bran, he he threw his one liner at Jamie, but he did not. Uh, reveal that Jamie was the guy who got him crippled, which I'm sure if Sansa finds that out, then I don't care what Brienne says. Like, she's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe, like, maybe Bran just knows that that would work people up. And in reality, uh, that helped him in a weird way. Well, so, like, let's just not bring up the drama, yeah. which that, is kind of weird for up. a show that centers around drama. <laughs> but Yeah, but he, he brought it up at the way, and that was his explanation. And I, I, 
even though Bran isn't the most uh, congenial character, he did. It, he was like, I, we wouldn't be here where we were if you didn't push me out that window. I wouldn't be who I am, and you wouldn't be fighting for our, You would still be that blonde, arrogant prick if you didn't do that. Which, actually, I think, like, how did it really affect Jamie? I guess he would, because they would have been at war, right? Yeah. So that's what it was, is he got in, captured. He wouldn't have got captured at war if the Starks didn't kind of decide to go to war with him because Bran yeah. got attacked. So there we go. Yeah, so I was all right with that, and that kind of that transition kind of worked the way that I thought. I didn't know it was going to be that Brienne's word just carried the day in this room of very powerful, powerful people that she's the one that gets to decide. Uh, and I like the quote that it was like, you know, we're going to need every man that we can get. Mm-hmm. Sure, even if you're one handed, let's 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 roll. So I was fine with that. Yep. Uh, I like their uh, again. I like the Daenerys and Sansa little love talk that they had, uh, and then we get the report back from. The, the the East Watch survivors. Ooh, is the big woman still here? They 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 get the report back. They're like, yeah, so uh, you know, the dead army's already marching. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I I think one thing that's kind of funny is we had like six seasons, seven seasons really of this of this army of the undead that seemed to be moving at an absolute snail's pace. Yeah, you know, dead people, zombies move slow. You've you've seen them. Zombies are slow. But they had a, but then these this little traveling group gets beat to uh, what is Last Arth or whatever. Yes, they get beat there by the walking de- the, they, the, the but army. Faster, but then they yeah. able to yeah. bypass them and get to Winterfell faster than they do. So I, I maybe they took some weird routes to get there or whatever because they were all coming from the same place and they got there at different times and they were completely behind the entire army of the dead. Doesn't Beric seem like the most out of place out of all of them? Like even Dolor said, you're like, oh. Good to see you, buddy. It's been a while. And then, like, like Barrick, who's who's he had a reunion with? I guess he had one with Arya at in the mountain at the top of the yeah w- walls. But it still, it was like uh, he's probably just like I'm. Why am I still? Why am I still alive? This is freezing. <laughs> I don't have any friends here. Uh, I guess uh, I can put my sword up if it gets too cold. But, it, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, that fight scene was one of my favorite though. When they uh, in the cave. Between him and uh, that was cool. That was cool. Uh, also, <laughs> don't sometimes when he like he didn't do it in this episode, but when he does his little magic sword, mm-hmm. like don't you kind of get the sense of like Arrested Development? Like he's the uh, the Job, who's the who's the magician? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just like he does these like little magic tricks, and at some point somebody's gonna be like, "All right, goddamn it, can you just light the fire for us? Uh, stop doing this sword. <laughs> just just light the fire. You obviously are good at the flint thing. Just do it." Um, but that that he is uh, he is out of place. He's in a, he's in an odd spot. Um, what's we got to get to? What I think most people want to want. You don't want to talk about the uh, the okay. Then I guess that's really all it was. They reported back and they were like, "Yeah, the umbers." Well, oh, they're gone. I mean, we got a lot of fun Tormund talk though. Yeah, Tormund. This was a big like sucking on giant boob. <laughs> I just living the life. Subtlety is not uh, in the art of courting north of the wall. Yeah, he just he he likes who he likes, and he likes Brienne. Didn't happen though. She was a lady of honor. Yeah, uh, there's definitely like a fight for Brienne's heart. Who would have thought? <laughs> Jamie and Torment. <laughs> Jamie and Torment. That that is like you want to talk about the most opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got the richest, the blonde, pretty knight from the richest family in the Seven Kingdoms. Versus the brute, 
red-haired, bearded from north of the wall who grew up with a, a giant. Great story, by the way. Isn't that we got that story early in the books, right? Where he tells that to John. I'm pretty sure that's a book callback. Is it? Where there was something to do, like he explains how he got the name John Spain. Okay. I'm pretty sure that happened in one of the books early on. But we didn't get to hear it in the show, so that they used a great time to bring it up now. Yeah, it was a, a torment's great. Yeah. Like you 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 want more torment. I don't know how much more we'll get. Well, and that's why I'm like if you're going to have somebody survive, I'm glad he did. Now, Barrick surviving, like he doesn't fit in quite as well. Or at least Torment, great comedic gold. Yeah. Yeah, uh I I enjoyed that. All right, you you know what you want to get to. Arya meets the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gendry made her a new stick to swing. Uh, yeah, I get it. She's, she's yeah. I get it. <laughs> so I I didn't think they were gonna maybe go all the way. A lot of a lot of smashing going on in this season of Game of Thrones. Cersei with Euron, Arya kind of the aggressor with Gendry. Although I don't think we'd expect anything less. I thought maybe they would start with just a little like I don't know four players, just maybe a makeout or something. Yeah. But I guess when it's maybe the end of the world, you just gotta jump right in. Well, and that was kind of her point, but I do like that they at least like there was some back and forth going on beforehand, where like, a she's she's trying to like kind of flirt around, but also pumping for some information. Like, I want to know how to kill these boys. Like, tell me about them. Don't just say they're bad. Like, I'm not some little girl. And, and Jenry also isn't like probably the he did obviously get to see him, but he was also like the marathon runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And he's never been in a war or battle in his life. So I would think when that conversation was going on that Gendry would have to be like, what, who, who the hell am I working with here? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they smell like? What do you mean, what do they smell like? What do you, what, I don't know. I just, you'd fight them and you kill them. And then he kind of gives like a BS answer like that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like I, it, I that would kind of set off my red flags of, ugh, this girl is a psycho. Like hey. she is a maniac. Yeah. Uh, is, well, but then she starts throwing the daggers against the wall, and you're like, "Oh, she's actually just really good at killing people." Yeah, that she is a maniac. Although, when did she learn dagger throwing at the House of Black and White? Oh, it was in the montage. You, oh, you, yeah, you, 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 missed, you forgot that part. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because also, like, you know, get a dragon glass dagger and get twenty yards away from the Night King. That'd be pretty. Put on a, per- a dead person's face. Can you put on dead people's face? <sighs> Well, technically, all of the faces she puts on are of dead people. So, yeah. I think, Good point. Yeah, I think. Get like a decrepit dead-looking one and then be like, <laughs> you know, go out there kind of like a zombie. And then I can be like, wait, these all are supposed to be mindful, mindless soldiers. Why is this person turning around? But, you know, then you get to a point where it's too late. And then he's gone. Although he's got some, like, magic ability, doesn't he? Yeah, sure. Like has shields, surely stuff like that. Yeah, maybe definitely I don't know. shields. But th- that's their plan. We do actually get to hear about the battle plans. Yeah, and they're basically be although the, the kind of thing that they they did not touch on is they they acknowledge like listen, all we got to do is kill their leaders and everybody else falls. But they didn't really explain how they're going to do that because they certainly seem to be preparing to take on the front of the army. But when they 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 made that sound so easy. That like, oh, all we got to do is just get around them and kill their leaders. Well, all right. Well, how do you do that? Or how are you going to do that? And then the part with Brant and then Brant and th- this was like the probably most newsworthy and maybe the only newsworthy part of this entire episode is Brant being like, he wants me. That's all he wants. Yeah, we we have the motive. 
Yeah, we do actually have the motive. Yeah. And and that's important. Death everywhere ba- is basically the motive. And basically Brand says he wants me because I'm I'm the history books. I I can warn people about this happening again. Mm-hmm. I can warn I'm basically kind of like the wall but in a wheelchair and make weird faces and I'm mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. But he is what the Night King wants and that part was so stupid. Like, all right, well, I'm going to wait for him in the Godswood. Great. Sounds good. Uh, then Theon's little army of ragtag soldiers is going to be the ones to protect. Like we that made no sense. Him. But like, it's like if you're going to use bait, you you don't have anybody protect him. I guess they they want to at least have somebody there to kind of slow him down a little bit. But like Theon is going to be the one that actually pro- no, that is not happening. I feel like almost anybody would step up and be like, uh, J- Jamie, be like, I mean, I still got a few guys I trust. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> or like you could have. John be like, all right, well, I'm a good soldier. I'll defend my brother even if he's not really – like somebody else would have stepped up and been like, uh, Theon, we're better than you at fighting, so just take a take a step down. And I know they're planning on kind of doing some stuff with the dragons too. I, I like the idea of just having the dragons hide in the godswood behind like a tree yeah. and then like let them come up to Bran and be like, all right, now sneak out. And then this huge like, – It's a big werewood. You get a hundred-ton dragon like peeks his head around a tree and is like, surprise, gotcha. Also like uh, – I get that they're like, yeah, or I like the part when they ask the question. Well, does Dragonfire beat him? And Brand's like, never tried before. Don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure it will. But I do, I do like that at least Brand is uh, using some of that knowledge now. Like it's not just like for comedic relief. Whenever we want to see like him staring at Jamie. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think it's going to be. I mean, we have a nice old dragon fight right there. Definitely, well, you know, in like the teasers, though, we still have not seen the Night King. It's true. It holds up with uh, our friend No Fart Nick's theory that they're going to go straight to King's Landing. I like that theory. Well, they're not obviously going to go straight to King's he, like, he may go straight to King's Landing. They're dropping some people off. It would kind of make some sense to do what is a very common practice in Game of Thrones to do like the only send 25% of your army when they're expecting all of your forces. That's happened several times. We saw it when Rob captured Jamie. That was kind of a With false. Yeah. yeah. That, and then we saw it when uh, they Jamie captures Highgarden. Highgarden. Mm-hmm. They do the basically the same thing. This is a military tactic that's used a lot. So what? And we haven't seen the Night King in any of the trailers. What if they're only sending like twenty five percent of their army to Winterfell and a few of their commanders? Yeah, just saying still, like you know we don't really care what happens here, but we're going to try to decimate you the most that we can, and then I'll go get an additional probably 130,000 people down in King's Landing to join my army. Because I've got a dragon. They don't have any dragons at King's Landing. You do have dragons at Winterfell. I might as well bulk up my army before I've got to take on two more dragons. It all, would make sense. Yeah, it would make probably sense. Probably be the smart thing to do. Now, right now, even though it, it, even if it is just 25% of the army, got a lot of guys. There were... I, I, I did try to slow it down on screen. I could count nine uh, White Walkers commanding. Now... I think they the way they shot it, it was to give you the perspective that there's also more marching down the front line with them as well. So, yeah, going to be a lot. It's gonna not going to be too pretty for our characters, who a, a lot of them were kind of saying this was their kind of farewells, if you will. You got to uh, definitely with Grey Worm and Missandei. Grey Worm is dropping like a sack of potatoes when he's like, um, we're gonna go somewhere, run away, and we'll go back to your home. Like, no, you're not, Grey Worm. You're dying. 
Yeah. You're not surviving this. There's no no chance in hell, especially because the Unsullied are going to be on the front lines. Do you make anything about the episode's title name? Uh, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, obviously referring to Brienne. She th- that must have been more significant than like we let it like when I saw that I was just like all right goodbye Brienne it was dead. a really cool moment but yeah. I'm still thinking that she's going to die well the, the entire time I'm watching that I'm just thinking like all right this is her fitting tribute before she dies because she's definitely not surviving yeah, this now a big kind of thing before you send her off because she has been that kind of middling character the whole time where you're yeah. like is there really a point to her like you didn't mind her though because she did at least like. She was good at killing people, but still could be annoying at times. Too honorable. She wouldn't get any of Jamie's jokes. Like it was just kind of, kind of annoying. And also, she had just like put in all the grunt work her entire. Like she had never really been thanked for anything. Yeah, and she's done a ton. And really, maybe successfully, maybe not successfully. I guess the Stark girls are alive. So tech, but like she did her job. Not at, at all because of her, but in some parts because of her, I suppose. But, like, it was nice to see her get some recognition and finally, like, a little appreciation that she hasn't gotten. But but, I, but for it to be the name of the episode, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms makes me think that... She's got big big things Like, coming. she's going to do something big before she... She's still dying. She's dead. Like, this was, a, this was so many goodbyes, and I don't think they were... Maybe I end up being wrong about this. I don't think they were overly subtle on it. Like, that poor little girl down in the crypts is definitely dying. Oh, yeah. She's probably turning into a white, and Davos is going to have to kill her. Oh, that's going to be nasty. It is. But, like, She's you know, go like protect the, the crypt. It was yeah. so cute. But, like, you're not living, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, honey. And then also, how many freaking times do we have to hear about the crypts being safe? I think Clearly, I they're not going to be safe, guys. Somebody said it was they got referenced in that manner, like, six different times. Yeah. Like... And also, when you have the, and I know a lot of people don't like know all the logistics of what they're going up against. Only a few people have even ever even seen the army, but like you know, it's an army of dead people. I don't know if the safest place is in a room that is somewhat occupied by dead people. Like you know, that at least the logistics of they raise dead people to join their army. Let's not go <laughs> to the one place on our property that is still filled with dead people. Like, the the Starks are coming alive as dead people. It's just going to happen. And I think people, I wouldn't be shocked, Nick, if there is, if everybody in the crypts just gets taken out, all but, like, maybe two. Wouldn't it be almost kind of easily convenient to just get rid of so many main characters, but in a heartbreaking but fast way? Mm-hmm. Like, you could have Tyrion die. Although, I've got I've got some interesting things about Tyrion. Uh, Varys, it'd be so easy just to kill him down there. That's a big character that you could kill off. Yeah, but they made it. They made it feel like that Tyrion had. That, see, that's the thing I'm wondering. There was a lot of kind of prophetic talk about like who they they set people up to make have heroic moments in this battle, and it's just a matter of who is going to be the one that is glorious in their act. Is Tyrion finally going to make the right decision? Is uh, Brienne going to have a big moment? Uh, is Tormund just going to be murdering everybody is great. Like, so you have all these different people, and I just don't think you can give each of them a satisfactory moment without being too cheesy. Like it's Game of Thrones. Like yeah. people just die. So I, I'm Tyrion feels like the mo- the obvious one to to finally do something right for Daenerys. Um, and he said he's been in battle before, so it makes me think that he's going to do some killing. 
when he's down there in the Crips. Maybe, potentially. And that's it. Like, I do think there could be a scenario, as I mentioned, that everybody just gets wiped out in the Crips and it's just an easy, like, oh my gosh, everybody's dead and it just happened like that. It'd be like a classic Game of Thrones moment. But I do like following the character arcs and some of the crumbs they leave behind mm-hmm. and having, having, uh, Jorah go in there and vouch for Tyrion when Daenerys is so mad. And, like, two, just as you mentioned, the Daenerys storyline of, like, finally she acknowledges that Tyrion has been horrible lately. Mm-hmm. All it does is build up for Tyrion to make up for things. Like, by them acknowledging it, what we had already known for a few episodes now and maybe an entire season, that, like, hey, Tyrion's lost his game. They've made it now public to everybody basically allowing a platform for a redemption story for Tyrion. So he would be the only person, and, and then also for him to like, I don't want to be in the crypts. I can fight. I've fought before. No, 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 no. You're going to the crypts. <laughs> Something's going to happen with Tyrion in the crypts. Maybe he saves the day down there. Maybe everybody is going to be doomed, and he's the one that figures out the solution or evacuates them. He'll he'll have a role. And, and you you having, uh, having Jorah stick up for him, and having Daenerys get really mad at him, those were two signs that Tyrion's going to do one more mm-hmm. good thing. And now I, I, you know, I always thought maybe he'd be the one to betray Daenerys. Maybe not anymore. Uh, and Jorah had uh, a nice little appearance. Not just the conversation he had with Daenerys, but uh, which, by the way, his like cloak behind his suit of armor is pretty baller. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Like, yeah, it just it just looks cool. Yeah. Um, and he finally looks like. He was always so sweaty whenever they're in Essos. It's like you're wearing all this armor and this heavy stuff, and it just looks so hot. Finally, he's finally comfortable, you know? The windows are rolled down a little bit in Winterfell. Um, But he's got a brand new sword to swing. Brand new sword. Samwell gives Ser Jorah Heartsbane, his family sword for a thousand years, and he's definitely going to do some murking in it. Yep. He's going to kill a lot of things. I don't... So I don't know if we did this on the radio show. Or I my brain is turning to mush on this Monday morning. Yeah. Did I talk about like how dragon glass is supposed to, if it like touches a white, just kill them? Yeah, yeah. We we mentioned that. We're like, if all it, right. So if like when you're going up go against like a giant, you would theoretically think all you'd have to do is just get like one little nick into the giant and it would explode. You'd think. Correct. Yeah. So this should this battle. I mean, it should just be an absolute massacre of like. Dead people dying again. Turning to dust. The only the only advantage they have is the numbers and just how they don't stop and they don't tire and they can overwhelm people. But if if we are going on this assumption that we've seen them do, it's not really an assumption, but if we're going on this basis of just the littlest nick of dragon glass is you don't have to because you know, who was it? Samuel stabbed one of them in the shoulder. Like, yeah. you don't have to get them in the heart. You don't have to get them in the head. There's not a, a special spot to do it. We're under the impression that all it would take is just one little nick. If everybody's got dragon glass, especially some of the best soldiers ever, even if you got overwhelmed briefly, like, even if you had, like, six of them get on you at once, all you'd have to do is just be able to get Swi- a piece slash, of them. Yeah. yeah, slash. Just one little swift move. So it should actually be a beatdown. It's just the numbers are so much not in their favor. Mm-hmm. And then you do take into account, like, the animals. I mean, we saw a polar bear. Hey, ghost! Back! Ghost tape makes a little... It, it was like they were listening to KTR, and they are like, all right, Roush wants to see ghosts. We'll put him on top of the wall, just so everybody knows that he's in Winterfell. He's still around. Yeah. I, would, I do like that he did nothing but just stand there. No, so where where is Nymeria in the army She's of still around. Oh. See, you wanted to tell you how you can make last, last night's episode better. Have Nymeria's army show up, like, at the gates of Winterfell. Oh! 
That would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Be cool. Yeah. And we've all instead been under we, the impression that they're coming. Instead, we just get Arya shooting arrows and shooting her shot with Gendry. Oh, yeah. Shot yeah. or shot. Yeah. She... Not well, really well, let's get down to the okay. nitty gritty here. What'd so, you What'd you think about so it? So here's the thing: Did it like was it hot for you? <sighs> no, it, that is not the word I would use to describe it. It was hey, it, I, the whole time I just felt bad for Gendry because he was being nice. He brings her the the cool weapon he makes, which I, it was the cool little spear. She's gonna be swinging around. Um, but then she's like, "So how many women were you with?" It's like that is a loaded question. Well, I don't keep count. Okay, three. All right, you're right. You got me. You pushed me into a corner. I just want to know what the number would have been where Arya was like, gross, you pig. <laughs> I'm not catching something yeah. from your flea-bottom rat. <laughs> but yeah. no, she's like, uh, it, three perfect number. Experience, experience enough to make Arya happy, yeah. but you know, still not not some, some crazy high number. She also like, it good wasn't old number a, like, I like you, Gendry. Let's do it. It was a... We've only got one life left to live. Like it was, it was a. If it was a man saying this, it'd be a cheesy pickup line. Like it's only our last night, baby. Let's let's live it up. But instead, it's Arya, so it's it's it plays out. It works. And then you kept like kind of waiting for them to like cut away and be like, all right, we get it. They're hooking up. Oh, they're gonna show us. Yeah. Oh, now she's taking now, her shirt off. They didn't like show us. Show us. I would have been mad if they would have showed like everything. But instead, just, you know, a nice, tasteful... Side boob. Yeah, and... So you liked Arya's side boob? Well, but it, it was tasteful. They were, they, were, they were showing her she's become a woman. So if Macy Williams, like, posed in some provocative pictures, would you find those more intriguing than Arya getting naked? Intriguing? Like, I mean... Are you saying, am I going to look at him? Yes. Well, yeah. And it's because it's Macy Williams. It's not Arya. So that's my point. I'm separating the character from that's the That's my person. point. Yes. Because it's I think we... we the character. I, I think we look at Macy Williams now, and she's got, like, funky hair and seems fun and, like, very lively and probably living a, a hell of a life. But we still look at Arya as, like, this little girl that is shooting, yeah. shooting arrows at Winterfell and... Just a child and like wearing a bucket that's too heavy. She gets her first her exactly, yeah. just like this like little happy go lucky girl. But in reality, we probably really shouldn't look at her like that. Like she has been through more than as much as anybody in Game of Thrones. I always say that about Sansa, but if it's not Sansa, it's probably Arya, and she's been doing it like completely by herself. Yeah. So and now she's just the most ruthless. So like we of should we should look at her as an adult. As weird as it yeah. was last night, it really shouldn't be. Right. It's just it's hard to convince your brain that that's the case, though. And it also like it also makes you realize that was ten years ago. Like I'm an old man now. That's true. You know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I do think it was like if you've heard Macy Williams do any interviews or do anything outside of Game of Thrones. Uh, you could kind of see that this was coming. You know, she's trying to... She, she's a woman now. Mm-hmm. She's a woman now. And she got to experience, for the first time, She was she's like, if I'm going down, I'm going down doing a, it. A girl has no virginity. <laughs> she Her face did look like it had a little bit of regret on it when they panned to her while Pod was singing. I think maybe the, like, the regret was like, oh, so this is kind of like a normal life, and I've never had that. 
Yeah. Like I like oh, so wait. I could have been doing it this whole so time. So sex is fun and killing people I don't get the same physical feel. I think she was just confused. Yeah. Like a little like, or, oh, why have I done everything I've done? Or was she like, yeah, maybe should have barked at Pod's tree. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish it would have been five or six girls now that I think about it. You've got a lot to learn, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pod at three at once. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> what, if they, what if they were like, hey, this is our last night. <laughs> How this would have made the episode a lot better. Uh, he, he he goes into like the little uh, courtyard of Winterfell. I know it's everybody's last night. Um, I've got a reputation down in King's Landing. My name is Podrick. If anybody just <laughs> wants to be fulfilled, let me know. And then he just kind of makes his way around Man. Winterfell uh, as like a gigolo. But see, the thing is though, is Pod's kind of a beta. He he totally got baited by Brienne. They're like wine before battle. You need to have a clear mind, and it's like no, you need that. Everybody drinks before they fight. Yeah, that was kind of like a, I like like that was like a classic. Like oh, shut up, Brienne. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Yeah, but Just don't oh, be a we wet get blanket. it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Uh, but that was fun. And then you have the 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 dream team all kind of drinking together, telling Hanging stories, out. sharing that some laughs. Cool. Yeah. Again, need to see. We could have done that in the first episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I was entertained with the episode. I just was a little bit bummed out that I feel like they I feel like they were wasting a little bit of our time. Listen, we had to wait a year and a half for this. I just wanted a little bit more. Yeah. I was entertained, I just wanted a little bit more. But that was a fun scene seeing everybody together talking, reminiscing, and who mm-hmm. who knew Pod had the pipes. Great. Sign him up for Here Comes Trouble. Yeah. Maybe he's on the new Game of Thrones album. Could be. Yeah, could be. There Actually it was like a that was a that moment probably got me like, all right, let's go. Let's yeah, get this let's exactly. get this going. We got fired up. Yeah. Which brings us to the final scene. Once again, back in the crypts. Once again, John brooding. And that's just if you want to uh he's back in the crypts again. Do we know where uh Gingery and Arya had made made mess? Was that in the forgery? I feel like we're doing like no, a game of clue. He was uh she was Gingery poked Arya in the laboratory. She was she was shooting arrows somewhere. Okay, so there was like a range, I presume. Yeah, because like hopefully that wasn't in the crypts. Yeah, no, that would have been like very, John walks down there and they're like, morbid. "Oh, our, but no, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on down here?" Uh, or like they hear some like moans and they're like, "The dead, <laughs> <laughs> it's rising up it to get back. the Lion King did it." Well, Gingery's rising up. Oh, hey, yeah. um, but so. First episode, John get, discovers that he's Aegon Targaryen, and in this one, he he tells Daenerys who he really is. And once again, I like the way that they kind of introduce it. Like he's just staring at Lyanna, and she's like, "God, they always said my brother Rhaegar wasn't a bad guy." He's like, "He wasn't. He actually married her. There's proof of it." And then they had a son, and it was me. I'm that son. <laughs> I like how he's like telling his story. And he's like, and they had a son. And that son grew up thinking he was a bastard. And he eventually went, that son porked you. <laughs> <laughs> and he porked you good, Danny. It's me. I'm the guy. I like too that like it shows you where Danny's head's at that like she's a, the first reaction isn't like, oh, so you mean you're my uncle and we just kind of, <laughs> but oh, wait, you have the claim to the Iron Throne now. Which, there goes that wedge again. They're just sticking it in between them. How do we think that Danny didn't look, like, thrilled? She didn't look thrilled. 
which is understandable, I think, in in, in a real situation, mm-hmm. like this thing that you've been working for, thinking that you are not only do you want it because you want to be king, but, but like, like you you of... are you were deserved it. Like this is supposed to be for you, and Still now you find me. it. Now You're you the find last Targaryen. Now the the issue is is like it's not even like he is saying, hey, you know what? I think my claim is debatably just as good as yours. So we need to have this conversation about who actually should rule. It's not like a debatable thing. He has the rightful claim. Mm-hmm. And now if she doesn't see that through, then she is basically doing a rebellion. Basically. And we've had Targaryen and Blackfire revolutions and rebellions. That's what she would technically be doing. Uh, or she'd ask John to step to the side. And I think John has the right mindset that like he he doesn't want to step to the side like I think he has the right his heart is in the right place but I think he is now fully aware that like I can rule people better than anybody else because I'm going to look out for people's best interests where like in the past I think he just kind of wanted to mm-hmm. not do it yeah uh, at all. obviously there's there's going to be some sort of uh, breaking point next week where probably I, not next week. Well, no, I think no. next week's going to be nothing but battle. Well, not breaking point, but I think in the middle of the battle, they're going to kind of turn to each other and be like, all right, we got to do this together or there's nothing for us to rule. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be kind of John's pitch. Yeah. Um, and then they'll get on the backs of dragons and they'll be tearing stuff up. I'm, I'm really curious, though. Like, Do we think that there's going to be full two-on-one dragon fight with Night King on one? We haven't seen the Night King or the dragon in any promos. And don't you think it'd be so easy to just show like this blue-eyed dragon in the middle of nothing but blackness, and like you you have like an overhead view, and you can see like Winterfell underneath? Like, don't you think that would be like a promo that you would want to have if that's going to be a storyline? I think they they kept it simple with the just putting the the hooves out. That was going to be their tease because it gives away so much less, and I'm fine with that. I I would prefer less in my teasers. I just don't know if that dragon's going to be at Winterfell. But if it is, do you think they they go for? Actual dragon on dragon combat, or are we gonna? Because I feel like at some point they, we're gonna have dragon fighting dragon. I just don't know if it's gonna be at Winterfell. My just thing is, is I feel like they're in most traditional like it's sword combat. They're fighting each other, so like I don't know. They, I foresee that happening where they they fall off the dragons and then they're doing their thing. Yeah, I know we've got some some time constraints here. Um, well, I'll. I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world, Nick, is if we did like a season three or Premier? an episode three, like, like, like a if hype, we tried, machine? if we just tried to like predict what we think is going to happen, because we we could talk another forty five yeah, minutes about the really next could. episode, what we think is going to happen. So maybe later in the Let's week, do that. We do a little, a little, a little teaser. We'll do that before I go to the draft. How about All that? right, when are you going? Thursday. Yeah. All right, we can do it Wednesday. Or something. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Fine with that. <laughs> Because we have to pre- we have to make our predictions of who's dying, who's yeah. living, the battle strategies, how all that happens. Mm-hmm. But a little thing in the podcasting biz. Tease. A tease. Ah. Ooh, final question. Who's hornier, Tormund or Arya? <laughs> uh, Tormund. Yeah, it's definitely Tormund. Yeah, girls just sometimes have an easier way of being able to have their uh, – yeah. being, being delivered to yes, them exactly. versus when a guy. Yeah, then he's just kind of – and he's trying, poor guy. Like, you know, he's being respectful. He tells his story and he chugs his big old horn of ale. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's funny. What a what a what I just don't want it to end, but we'll do a uh, we'll we'll talk more about oh, this man. later in the week. It's been a lot of fun though. We thank you all for listening. Thank our friends at Brownfield Brownfield <laughs> DeFore. I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna be stumbling all over that for the longest time. I'm sorry, people, but go visit them, BDRKY.com and tune in again later on this week when we come back with a preview episode for the Battle of Winterfell. It's Woo-hoo! gonna be incredible. <laughs>